When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding business owners to the exit they deserve. Ross is a financial advisor who knows that business owners work too hard on growing and caring for their businesses not to leave it on their terms. Each week he interviews a different experienced business owner, expert, and other professionals ready to teach you effective, satisfying business exit strategies that will let you exit your business your way. Don't wait until it's too late. Start thinking exit now. Here's your host, Ross Brannan. Hello, and welcome to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brannan. This week, our guest is Bruce Willie, the founder of American Tax and Business Planning, a tax and business planning consulting firm based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Bruce is an attorney, a CPA, and a certified exit planner, so he's going to have a lot to share with us. Bruce, for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ross. Excited to be here. Well, first off, I'd like to start off to find out if there's any other designations or titles you're going to add to your uh, resume, because it seems like you have just about all of them. I'm not planning on it anymore right now. I'm, I'm kind of tired of taking tests. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we're done with that part of it. And, uh, you know, unless people are going to start conferring honorary degrees on me, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> wise man, wise man. So tell everyone what you do. Your introduction's a mouthful, but it's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. What we do, Ross, is we work with successful business owners and we help them legally reduce their taxes using tried and true techniques that are available in the Internal Revenue Code. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, I've had some CPAs on uh, my other podcast. And what I found with CPAs, unfortunately, is a lot of them tend to be history reporters. And they're not proactive in mitigating taxes for their clients. Now, there's a handful of reasons why, in in my opinion. But what you're telling me is if you have a high income, if you're a business owner, there are planning opportunities available. There's a lot of planning opportunities available. And and you're right. Most, Most clients aren't aware of it. They approach the relationship with their accountant as, hey, my CPA, he's my buddy. We golf. We have this great relationship. I know he's looking out for me. And the dirty secret is that that's typically not happening. The The accountant is busy taking last year's data, trying to figure out how to report it correctly on the tax returns, and then moving on to the next client. And they don't have time to sit back and assess what's going on and think about, hey, here's an opportunity for this client. I'm going to, you know, let me ping him real quick and see if he's interested in it. And and that's kind of where I come in is because I try to stay in the planning space and, you know, communicate with clients and keep things going. So they, they're paying the lowest amount of tax legally possible. Well, that's the goal. I mean, obviously we want to abide by the law, but pay the lowest amount possible. So talk about business owners that you work with and some of the challenges that you see as a CPA, as an attorney, as an exit planner. Wow. Well, you know, we work with clients in a lot of different industries, uh, manufacturing, retail sales, construction, building trades, uh, financial planners. 
um, dentists, doctors, chiropractors. I mean, we, we, we run the gamut of it. And, you know, the universal challenge is, is, you know, the amount of tax money that they spend. And every one of them wants to pay, you know, their share, but, you know, they have a successful year and all of a sudden they get slammed with a huge tax bill and they're looking for options. And it kind of wakes them up to the possibility that maybe there's a way to plan differently and better. And it allows them to provide a safety net for their family and do different things. And so the the biggest challenge, uh, candidly, is the constantly changing universe of tax law. You know, the environment we're in right now, they're continuing to add new rules almost yearly. And navigating that and keeping somebody in compliance with that is is probably the biggest challenge. Well, and, and on the day we were recording, there was news yesterday of a new bill with new taxes in it. So and new tax credits in it. So who knows how that flushes out. And and I've already had five texts from clients wanting to know if I've read it and how it's going to impact them. And I go, guys, wait till it's law. I don't know that they have the votes. Let's just relax a little bit. And, and let the record state that I hope they don't have the votes. Yes. <laughs> um, and Agreed. So, and you know, I like to say that the highest rate of return a client's going to get is a dollar taken back from the IRS. And I like to say the second highest rate of return is investing in your business. And I usually follow that up with anyone who does who, who tells you otherwise, either lying to you or ignorant. I agree with that, Ross. And what I would expand on is this. You know, a business can have all sorts of plans. They might have a succession plan. They've got a, a human resources plan, a, you know, plans for their employees, plans, all kinds of plans, but they don't have a tax plan. The tax plan, in most of our cases, you know, we're working with flow-through entities. They're paying top marginal rate of 37%. If they're in the Obamacare surtax, they're paying, you know, 41, maybe 42% of their, of their earned income to the government. Plus state tax, plus state tax. Plus state tax. And and so, you know, that's a significant expenditure. And if we can reduce that rate down 10 or 15 points, they get to save some money. And the second highest rate of return, I would agree with you, can be from leaving the resources in the business. But one of the, the things that I really care about is, hey, I want that business owner not to have everything wrapped up in the business. I want them to have some wealth accumulated outside of it. If we can make that tax advantage, great. If not, then we still need to have a safety net there for the family uh, in case something happens. And so, you know, we talk a lot about, hey, let's diversify this a little bit and get some money out. You you know, your business is successful. You're not taking nearly enough out of of the company as you could. And we have those conversations because it's it's vitally important um, that they take care of their families and themselves. Well, you're right, but you wouldn't put up with all the headaches of owning a business if it wasn't to create personal wealth. And one of the challenges is uh, many people don't do a great job of transferring wealth from the business to the personal side. And sometimes they feel like, oh, I'm going to pay taxes on that, not realizing it's a flow through entity. You've already paid taxes on it. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what accounts it in, uh, what account it's in. But th- to go back to tax planning, uh, this is not something can be done on December 26th. This has to be done planned throughout the year. And how many times do you have people who might be new clients or they approach you for to engage them and they'll call you on December 15th or December 21st or December 26th and you're like, hey guys, uh, if I was going to take you on as a client, we start in January for that upcoming year, not at the very end of the year. Because in 99% of the strategies can't be implemented once December 31st hits. 
Um, you know, it, it's surprising the number of calls that I do get. Uh, and I did actually deliver a, a tax plan one year on December 23rd. And due to some flight issues, I was stuck in an airport on Christmas Eve and my wife was at home with my family and I wasn't there. So I don't travel <laughs> December 23rd anymore. We're, we kind of have a cutoff of about December 15th where we have a few strategies that we are able to quickly deploy for a, a very successful year end. But right now, candidly, is the sweet spot for tax planning. We still have two quarters to go. You know, we're, you, you have a pretty good idea of what the year is looking like business-wise, and you have good solid numbers. And so we're able right now to put together really effective tax plans, get them implemented, and get them to working for you so that you can save money up this year. So this is this is really prime time for us. We're getting we're getting into our busy season. That's really exciting. It's just so important to actually plan. And I, I, it's such a mindset shift for people when they start working with someone like you because they're used to basically dealing with their their accountant from like February and March to maybe April fifteenth. Whereas when it's done the right way, uh, you you might meet three or four times during the year looking at things and then maybe a few in the fourth quarter maybe do some things it's just a completely different mindset and it's sometimes in my experience takes people a little bit of time to get used to it but it's so much more beneficial and powerful to their bottom line you know, you know it, it really is and i can't tell you the number of times that i've worked with a client and they've insisted on having their cp involved cpa involved in the process and i'm fine with that i always warn them though i say you know there's typically two reactions that we get from the CPA. Either one, they're willing to learn and they're really engaged and they'll they'll jump right in, or they're going to be defensive and they're going to say no to everything. So you just need to be prepared for those two outcomes. Either way, I get paid and you need to make the decision about what you want to do. And I'll never forget, I had a, a client meeting one time where the guy insisted his CPA was there and the CPA sat there and we went through you know 22 strategies for this client. And the CPA said, oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Just went down the list for almost nearly every strategy. And all of a sudden, the client turns and looks at the CPA and says, well, if you know about it, why am I not doing it? And that just ended it right there. I was like, oh, that was a mic drop situation. And, and we just, you know, they just walked away. And I'm like, and, But the client was right. I mean, it's, you know, the planning that you get from your existing CPA varies greatly. But most of the time, the advice is, hey, I had a really good year. This is December 1st. What do I do? Go buy a truck. Right, right, right. Go buy but a piece of equipment. you need a truck? Exactly. Yeah, don't exactly. spend a dollar. A <laughs> well, yeah, don't spend a dollar to save 37 cents. Now, do you do the compliance work? Do you do the tax returns? Or are you just a tax planner and people work with their existing CPA? Uh, they can do it either way. We have a full service tax and accounting firm here in the building. And you know, my staff is... Uh, very in tune with the planning that we do. They know how to prepare the tax returns and they're working diligently right now to get get the September 15th deadline going. So they're hard at work. I get inv- I get involved in the, the tax return side on the review and analysis. You don't want me inputting your tax return data into the computer. That's not, that's not the most effective use of my time, but right. yeah, we, we're happy to provide that service. And But if a client has a great relationship with a CPA, there's no problem with them keeping it at all. There's nothing mandatory that you're, in, introduced into a secret cult and you have to use us. <laughs> and so you're a CPA and you can basically hang with anyone in regards to tax strategies, but you're also an attorney, which definitely helps out in these scenarios as well. Talk about that a little bit. You know, being an attorney and a CPA is 
I can appreciate and understand where the CPA is coming from and why they tend to be the way they are, conservative in nature, not really planners, because, you know, the entire accounting degree is how to track historic data. Right. You know, they don't teach you how to pro, there's no proactivity to it. And so I understand that. But what the law does is the process of going through law school teaches you how to approach a problem differently. You break it down into subparts and you learn, okay, what, what works at this subpart? And you just you just analyze a situation differently. And so having the CPA background and having worked as a CPA, doing tax returns for years, I understand that process. And now you can kind of take that experience and you break it down into different components and, and then you find opportunity. So you work with business owners and there's lots of talk of the basically the baby boomer, baby boomers and all the businesses they own, their transition of wealth from selling their business to retiring and things of that nature. So you're an attorney, you're a CPA, and you're a certified exit planner. So you're expert in helping clients reduce their tax burden, manage the legal aspects of those things, as well as helping their, them exit their business in the most efficient way possible. Talk a little bit about that. You know, it's a great place for me to be in because I get to work with really successful people that understand and appreciate the value I bring to the table because there's a number associated with it. And the most important part to me about my client relationships is the relationship. So I love nothing better than to have a client that I've done a tax plan for that I've worked with for five, six, seven, ten years, and then they're ready to sell the business. And then we put a plan in place to help them save taxes at the end. And it can make a significant impact on the family when you do it right, when you've saved a 20% capital gains tax on several million dollars, or you've saved a ordinary income recapture on several million dollars and got it into a capital gain category. You know, there's lots of tools, lots of nuances, depending on the individual client and what they really hope to accomplish. It's rewarding. It's it's a puzzle every day, right? You you come into work and okay, puzzle pieces thrown on the table. We're gonna piece something together. Let's let's get to work. And it's fun that way. You learn every day, you meet great people, and and that's probably the biggest thing is you, you have to be humble enough to keep learning. Yeah. I don't know everything. I know what works and what, what has historically worked, but I'm always open to new ideas and new concepts and digging into them. And and before I take them to a client though, I'm gonna you know, dig in and let's see what the what the dirty laundry is. Now, like, what would you say the biggest challenge? Obviously, a lot of these people are paying too much in tax. What would you say, though, for someone who says, hey, I want to exit my business, I want to sell my business, I want to retire, whatever language they're using. And let's suppose they say five years from now. Now, you and I both know if they call us and say that they usually want to retire on Friday or next month, or worst case scenario, next year. But you and I also know that it takes years to plan properly to maximize your sale value in a business. But what's the biggest challenge or the biggest thing that you know you see business owners really need to address before they go down the road of selling their business? You know, the biggest thing is actually having an honest plan, uh, like you just talked about. I mean, I had a client that said we want to sell in three years and we we went on a, a plan to get the financial you know statements looking good make some changes to the balance sheet we took some cash out of the company so that you know nobody was misled about what was being gonna gonna be 
you know, there and available if they bought the company. You know, we did a lot of steps. And then six months later, we got an offer we're selling tomorrow. And they they kind of halted the planning, you know, interrupted. I, I think they left a million or two dollars on the table, but it was their choices. Right. And so you, you can only do the best you can with it. And so what I would say is, you know, the lack of a concrete, you know, honest plan. And I understand life happens and sometimes things change, you know, health can be bad or somebody's throwing enough money at you that you, you're just going to go. Right. And I get that, but that doesn't happen that often um, in our world. It just as they get tired and throw their hands up and they just take the first offer that comes along a lot of times. And so I'd say that's one of the, one of the complications. And then people, you can present them with options. Uh, I'm working on a case right now where a week before closing, uh, the client decides they want to do a deferred sales trust, but they don't want to push the closing out. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that's going to be two to three weeks of drafting. And, you know, that's a highly complex area. We've got to make sure this is done and, and we got to review it and review it and review it to make sure this is done correctly. And, and you know, so it ended up that the closing got pushed and then the other side pushed back and wasn't going to accept the arrangement. So it didn't matter anyway, but, you know, it's, they wait till the last minute and then we don't have time to adjust or adapt to it. Um, and that's the biggest, probably the biggest hurdle we have is, you know, the we're always the last to know and we're, we're the ones that have to get the work done. Well, and the thing I guess people don't realize is everybody exits their business. So we have to plan for it. Whether you die at your desk or you sell to somebody, everybody exits their business. And if you die at your desk without a plan, that's not a good situation. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. And that's one of the reasons that I tend to focus a lot on building some wealth outside of the business, because if you're able to successfully do that, it takes a lot of pressure off the family for the ultimate disposition of the business. Um, you don't want a widow or your children or anybody having to make a rash decision because they're broke. That's a phenomenal point because I always see a majority of a business person, a business owner's wealth is in the business. And then there is so much pressure on that sale price and you don't know where you're going to be at in the market cycle. Obviously, right now, private equity is buying a lot of industries up and pushing kind of multiples and valuations up, but we don't know how long that's going to last. And uh, it could end tomorrow, but it's a really good point by you to get wealth building outside of the business. Well, and, and this is, you know, going back to the other problems we have in an exit planning scenario is that the business owner has an unrealistic expectation of the net money they're going to pull out of the deal. And there's almost always a gap because the sales price doesn't come in where they think it's going to come in. There's restrictions on the transaction that they didn't anticipate, or there's a tax situation that the client isn't willing to do anything to mitigate the taxes because they don't want to restrict their money or you know whatever reason they have. And so we oftentimes have a, a gap that we have to fill with income products. And if we have accumulated wealth during the business, which we can always explain away in evaluation, it's not that big of a deal to to really pull some money out of the company to build wealth um, in a tax advantage manner. You know that just helps really, really put everybody at ease and take so much pressure off. You know, do we need that extra half million dollars? And are we, you know, are we going to the mats for it? You know, in the negotiation right. process and. Uh, you know, I, I really like it when we have the time to do that and you get a client that's 
hey, yeah, I'm buying into that. I like that. And I and I tell a personal story about that, right? I, you know, in, in 2018, I was traveling for business and I had a stroke and I laid in the hospital room all by myself for two days in ICU. Now, my wife and my mom wanted to come down, but I'm like, guys, by the time you get down here, I'm going to be released and home, right? So just just stay here and let's let the doctors do their work for a day. And then if I'm going to be here longer, you can come down. But I laid there and I realized me, I'm an attorney, CPA, CEXP, and I didn't have anything arranged for my family. And that was the moment for me. And that's why I kind of become a little bit, you know, preachy, I suppose, about the clients I work with. And hey, you know, what do you have for your family if something unexpected were to happen to you? Now, fortunately, I'm fine. There's, you know, it was very mild stroke. I was blessed, great care, great help. And I'm, I'm good. But if it wouldn't have taken much to push the pendulum in a different direction. Right. That's good. Now, so let's kind of go back to taxes for a second here. You know, kind of as, as we wind down our conversation, what would you say some low-hanging fruit is for someone who's like, golly, I'm paying too much in taxes? What's an absolute no-brainer that they've likely not thought about that could likely benefit them? I know, and it's strange to me, but there's a lot of business owners that don't fund any sort of retirement plan whatsoever. And that's the absolute low-hanging fruit. It's not ideal, but you should maximize a retirement plan. A lot of times business owners don't want to adopt it because of the cost of the employees, but you can adopt plans that are cost-effective and only reward employees that actually put skin in the game. And, And you should do it for you and build a nest egg that way. That's that's the easiest low-hanging fruit that a lot of people don't even want to deal with. I mean, but you can do a simple IRA program. You know, if you don't want tons of paperwork, simple IRA is the easiest way to do it, but it's got some restrictions on it and companies are trying to push everybody to do 401ks now. And I understand that. Then I would say, you know, one of the rules that doesn't get used offensively very often is what it's called the Augusta rule. It's the rule where anybody can rent your home for you from you for up to 14 days a year, and that income isn't taxable income to you. And, you know, so you're using your home for business purposes all the time. You're having you're having colleagues over to your house, you're having a barbecue with your staff and their families, you're doing training sessions or strategic planning sessions. You want to be away from the office and the phones. So you're inviting people over to your home anyway. So why aren't you having the company pay you rent for the use of the home that day and creating a situation where there's tax-free income to you? I mean, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. Every CPA in America knows that rule, but nobody's using it. Wow. So, you know, it it's one of those things where and people say, oh, that's too good to be true. Well, here's the code section. I mean, this this allows us to do it. It's right here and right, black and white. Yeah. I mean, it, it's there and, you know, it's it's legal and we can use it. So why not use it? Yeah, that, that's great advice. That's absolutely wonderful. So Bruce, how can people get in touch with you? If they like that, if they like what you say and they feel like, you know, they're probably leaving some money on the table or they're, they're, they don't have someone like you in their life, how can they get in touch with you? Well, the easiest way is to email me. Uh, and my my email address is uh, bwilley, so B-W-I-L-L-E-Y at American TBP, so Tom Bravo Paul.com. And then we'll follow up. What we typically like to do is 
start an engagement by looking at your last year's tax information, having you fill out a two-page fact finder just that provides us information not on the tax returns. And then we provide a complimentary preliminary analysis of what we think we can save you based upon your circumstances. And then we go from there. We'll schedule a call and talk about about what we can do, what an engagement with us looks like, and how we might be able to help you. So it's bwilly at americantbp.com. Yes, sir. So, Bruce, I really appreciate your time. This has been a fascinating conversation. Anytime, Ross. I love to talk about what I do. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. You've been listening to the Exit Your Business Your Way podcast. I'm Ross Brennan, and we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Paz, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and materials are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative of financial or Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidy of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 1613-9032, California. California insurance license number 0L10073-2022-143604, expires 924.